the relationship freaking expert, the one and only Michael Spirit, in part one, painfully called out the stories and fantasies we create about the relationships we're in and a potential partner we have no business actually being with. Now, Spirit's relationship insights are the hard, no BS truths, guys, that many of us don't want to hear. We don't want to face them, but it's actually imperative in order for you to have an amazing, beautiful relationship. And deciding on an intimate partner is one of the most important relationships you'll ever make in your life. And so compatibility isn't enough to make that decision. You can't just say, oh my God, he loves going to a soccer game and so do I. And so we're meant to be together. That isn't what's going to allow you to build a beautiful, long lasting relationship. We have to navigate the dating element and if they're right or if they end up being the wrong freaking nightmare that we end up not being able to escape from. So we continue this power pack conversation and we start with all the painful things we endure for the sake of love that may or not actually be real. The common phrase out there, guys, is love hurts. But spirit fundamentally disagrees. And after you listen to why, I think you'll agree too. Now, guys, if this episode is questioning your current relationship and your past relationship that didn't actually work out, then make sure you actually leave a comment or a review for this episode. Because, guys, here on Women of Impact, we really want to step into how we can build our confidence in life, in relationships, and in any other aspect of our lives. So if we can help empower each other with the knowledge, can you freaking imagine what that world would look like? Can you actually imagine? I actually can. I dream about it all the time. I dream about it and that's why I show up every day doing what I do. So guys, if this episode did bring you value, please do leave a review or share it with a homie of yours that you know needs to hear it. Now, let's dive in with my girl, Spirit. Okay, as you were talking about... um emotional intimacy and then kind of is if mm-hmm. that's important i'd actually love to go through i believe you have an acronym rises so if you don't mind sharing the acronym yeah okay so r-i-s-e-s the r stands for recreational intimacy and when you think about intimacy first and foremost you're thinking about it from the perspective of how important is this to me okay so recreation doing things with a person, doing things with my partner. When I think about my picture that I am creating, how important is it that we're doing things together? And what kinds of things are we doing together? Are we sitting on the couch like this, having stimulating conversations? Are we are we out skydiving? Are we all over the place? What are we doing in terms of our recreation? So that I'm clear on what I need in terms of compatibility from a person. So if I'm, like I say, that type A personality and I like to get up at seven o'clock in the morning and the coffee is brewed and I'm going out for a run. And then by noontime, I've already had three meetings. I'm going to go to the gym. I've got all this happening and I want a partner that's doing the same thing, even if we're not doing it together, but that's kind of the life that we're living, then it's important. If I have somebody that likes to sleep in till noon, just kind of rolls out of bed and they're, hey, babe, yeah, I'm going to get in the shower. It's about 2.30 now. I may kind of around 7 start to make some calls to see what's up. And by 11 o'clock at night, I'm stepping out. When you're at 10 o'clock just climbing into the bed, that may not work for the two of you. It may be hard to find the, the space in there. The I is for intellectual intimacy. Am I a person, you know, am I one of those sapiosexuals that the more you talk to me, I'm just like, ooh. Sapiosexual? Sapiosexual, oh, yes. Oh, sapiosexual means to experience attraction or arousal from someone's intellect. So does someone talk to me and the more brilliant they are, I just get tingly like talk about everything. Talk about politics. What do you think about this? What do you think about sports? What do you think about this? Like the more you talk to me, the more I'm just, I need it. I crave it. It just energizes me. Or am I a person who says, listen, I don't need to have a whole lot of intellectual conversations, all that foo-foo pontificating and mm, mm, just keep it simple, real basic. We don't even have to like, let's not engage in that space. Certain people are that way and it works. But if you're a person who's a sapiosexual at the highest end and you have a partner who doesn't really talk about much of anything, isn't really intellectually driven at all, it's not something that they aspire to really communicate in that space and be intimate in that way, that could be problematic because you will be like, 
Mm. Mm. I need mm, talk to me about anything, please give me something here. I'm dying on the vine, right? <laughs> so that uh, the S spiritual intimacy, and I always tell people it's very important that they understand that spiritual intimacy is different from religious intimacy, right? We don't have to, down, yeah, we don't have to have the same religious beliefs in order to make this work. We can have even an inter-spiritual or an inter-religious re uh, relationship. I have clients who are Muslim who are dating Christians. I have individuals who are agnostic who are dating uh, Jewish folks. It just depends on how we fit together. Do we fit together in a way that you are going to uh, allow me to thrive in my spiritual beliefs? Are you going to be supportive of my spiritual beliefs? Or are you going to do things that cause me to question my belief system? Are you gonna be subversive or even uh, triggering in my belief systems? Are you gonna harm well. me? Yes, right? Because if I have a partner who is really working on their spiritual growth and their evolution and I go, why are you wasting your time on that? Mm. Do you really believe that? If that's the case, then why this? Oh, oh how, how is your God dealing with that now? Right. And make you responsible for, for their own faith or their own spiritual relationship. That could be a very toxic experience. So having that compatibility around how do we fit in ways where we feel spiritually safe and well nurtured with each other, whatever our belief system is, becomes important. The E, which is one of my favorites because I'm just an emotionally intimate person, right? The E is for emotional intimacy. And that is how do we fit in that emotional space? Do I feel safe with you? Do I feel connected to you and with you? Do I open up in ways that allow you to really know who I am at the deepest levels of myself? Emotional intimacy is really interesting because I say it's the gift that we give to people. It's the parts of us that know gets unless we give them access to it. And so am I a person who not only gives that access freely, but I want to receive in return? Or am I a person who may not be emotionally available in this space? And remember, we don't have to be these things. We just have to line up in such a way that it fits well. So perhaps I've had a trauma, a traumatic past, and I'm not really emotionally connected. Or maybe I don't value emotional intimacy in any real meaningful way. So it's not important for us to connect in those spaces. We can do all the other things and we like each other and it just kind of fits and works for us. That's fine. But how do we line up and do we line up in a way that's beneficial and healthy for both of us? And then the last one is, and I say it's last but never ever least, is sexual intimacy because sexual intimacy is so important. And it's not just about sex. It's not the act of sex, although some parts of that go into that category, but it is when we think about our sexual energy, our drive, our libido, uh, the, the type of sex that we want to have, the type of physical intimacy that we want to have. Am I a person who I always want you touching me? Our legs got to be touching. Our feet have to touch in the bed. I'm reaching over to you in the car. You set me on fire. We are constantly making love multiple times a week. Uh, if I don't get it, then I'm going to feel disconnected or that something is wrong. Part of that may even tie into the emotional intimacy. How I express myself to you is through our sexual or our physical relationship. You know, if it, that's important to you, then having a partner who says, mm, I can really take or leave sex. No sexual energy. Uh, if we have sex like once a month and I can maybe try to get my mind right for it if you want to. Uh, no funny stuff. Can we just kind of keep it like really simple? And you're a person who says, I want to have fun. Mm. Sex is tied to my recreation. I'm like, let's keep it spicy. Let's try some things. Can I open up a drawer? And you're like, no, I'd rather not. And like, how much longer are we going to... Uh, Right. Or going back to something you said earlier, maybe they even shame you for it. Oh, come on. You want to do what? Mm. Where did you? Oh, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not sure how I feel about you. I'm questioning me, the idea that you would even ask me to or not to, mm -hmm. right? And we get into all of that in relationship. And so when you think about choosing partners, do you first know who you are and what you need? And are you choosing partners based upon that? 
Or do you set all of that aside in a relationship and look at that person as some objectified thing that says, I like how they look, or I like how they talk, or I like who they attract, or I like who others like them to be. Mm -hmm. And do you say, I want them with no regard for how they fit with you, and more importantly, with your forever, if that's what you're saying that you want? Oh my God, I love that breakdown so much. Mm -hmm. So now my follow-up question is, what if you've done that work, you find somebody Mm -hmm. and they do, you're all really aligned on all these versions of the compatibility, but then over time, one or both of you end up changing. Mm -hmm. And so let's say for instance, when I'm just gonna share something, when I first met my husband, he was 24. So his sexual drive was through the roof. So he was like everywhere all the the time, time. multiple times a day, (laughs) you know, and now we've been together for 23 years. So now we're in our forties. It's changed. Now, thankfully we've both changed. So we're now still compatible, but what Mm -hmm. if one of you doesn't? Well, the thing is, if you wake up one day and it's changed down the line, then what I say is that you both made the mistake of not being plugged and present in your relationship constantly. Mm -hmm. So you want to learn that as a behavior so that as you make the correction, it never happens again. Most things don't just change overnight, right? It is a range. We lost the job, and so I feel a certain way about losing the job. And over the next few days, and over the next few weeks, and over the next few months, and over the next few years, things continue to change. It doesn't just go from this to this unless there's a traumatic event. And if there's a traumatic event, say there was a bank robbery or there was a flood and now I have no business to go back to, we're still in that experience together. So what I would be curious about is what was happening with the two of you in that experience together that you weren't going through it together. Mm. Sometimes we're going through it, but we're parallel. So we're not talking. I'm not supporting you. I don't know where you are and your thoughts. I don't even, you're not even communicating that you're changing. So there is no adjusting in our relationship that can be had. The key is as our relationship changes and evolves, is it changing and evolving in such a way that that is still the container that allows allows both of our needs to be met. And so that is a constant series of conversations. I always tell people, never ever think you know who your partner is. You knew who they were. Even even tonight, when you sit with Tom, he has had experiences all day long that have shaped who he is now. Right. And if you don't continue to be curious about your partner, if you don't continue to ask questions, if you don't continue to share, if you don't continue to participate, you will look one day and recognize you're so far over there. Wait a minute. How are you over there? And I'm over here. How did we get here? And so that constant evolution, that constant growth, the key is to make sure that we're growing into each other and into our relationship and not away. And you also have to recognize that as relationships change, you don't always have to panic. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong. Sometimes there's something right. Sometimes there are seasons of what gets prioritized in relationships and what becomes less of a priority. In our 20s, we have have time to swing from the chandeliers. We're not responsible for businesses and tons of money and people and families and all of these things. We've got nothing but time. But when we're 40 something, where we are in our lives, where we are in our careers, where we are in our goals, where we are in our investments and resources and responsibilities look different. And so what we may be oriented to may look different. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean that we want those things any less. They're just less of a priority. And so for some couples, they may say, listen, we used to do it multiple times a day, anywhere, anytime, but now we can't because we got people watching or our reputations are on the line or I got a thousand calls I got to make. It doesn't mean that I want you any less though. Mm -hmm. And I will have couples to go, okay, that's fine. We might only do it once a week, but as long as I know you still want me and I literally will have, heck, my own husband sometimes will go, hey babe, you know, I would just want to tear your clothes off, right? (laughs) Yes. Thank you. I would like to tear yours off too. Okay, back to the kids. Okay, so (laughs) seven plus two, right? And so what you want to be mindful of is are we still connected? Is the intimacy still there? Is the desire still there? Is the investment still there? Are we still there? And if not, again, don't panic. It's a problem in need of a solution. What do we need to do in order to get us to where we want to be? And so then we look at that as a problem with an end destination. This is where we are. This is where we want to be. 
What steps would it take to get us there? And so we can U-turn anytime we want to. We can speed up. We can slow down. We can put the brakes on. We can reprioritize. And if we look up and go, no, I'd actually like to have sex with you at least five times a week. Ooh, okay. Well, that's a tall order when we're having sex five times a year right now. But what would it take for us to make that happen? Oh, well, I'm going to have to shift some things at the office. Yeah, well, me too. I'll have to shift some things. Okay, and we'll have to spend a little bit more time with each other. And we'll have to kind of carve out this and do that. And then all of a sudden, we are actively doing what it takes to find ourselves where we want to be. The behavior part is really, really the challenge because that's where the real work and investment has to be done. Oh, I love those little stepping stones. Yes. Instead of just trying to jump to where you think you want to be. You won't get there and or you won't stay there. Mm. It has to be consistency. That consistency over time is the key. Yeah. So what questions can you start to ask mm-hmm. over the time? Because mm-hmm. going back to your point of there can be a moment where th- there's never a blink. Right. I blinked and all of a sudden. Yeah. So but it does feel like that when you're busy and you're driven or Mm -hmm. you've just got the kids or you've got a business like, you know, you're you're on a fitness journey. No matter what it is, you become very focused on that thing that you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so you end up over time, like you were saying, kind of starting to bifurcate. What are the questions people can even ask each other along Mm -hmm. that way to make sure that you keep checking in with each other? Yeah. First and foremost, I always say you have to start with asking each other the hard question, which is, do we feel like we have honesty between us? Do you feel like you can be honest with me? Because when we're going to talk about some hard stuff, and a lot of couples don't have the space in their relationship to talk about the hard stuff, so we placate each other. I'm just going to tell you what you want to feel happy or so that we don't argue. You're going to become defensive. This is going to become a thing. You're going to Your anxiety is going to make this hard. I'm just going to tell you what you want to hear so we can peace. keep it moving right we're going to go along to get along but then what we're sitting in is something that neither of us are really happy with so first and foremost it's do we have the space to have some really uncomfortable conversations potentially and if we don't have the space then what would it take to create it well i'm going to need to know that you're not going to yell or you're not going to cuss or i'm going to need your undivided attention or i'm going to need to feel like it's not uh the middle you need my attention in the middle of the day when i've got a lot of meetings so we create the ground rules for the uncomfortable potentially conversation and then it is i want to talk about how we're feeling I want to talk about where you see us at. And it's okay if really you looked up one day and I don't feel as close or I don't feel as desirable or I don't feel as needed by you. Or sometimes we don't focus on where we are or where we were, but we focus on where we'd like to be. Tell me how you would like to experience me now. Are you feeling like you experience me in the ways that you want to? Are you having the kind of fun with me that you want to have? Do you feel like I'm as present for you as you wish that I was? Where do you want us to be a year from now? And is that in an ideal situation? Tell me about the fantasy version of our relationship. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the, the fantasy of us that you dream of. And do you feel like we're headed in that direction? Or is that something that we're, that it just, it would be nice, but like, that's just not us. And what would it take for us to incorporate that to actually get there. Because most of us want to be one of the most important things, if not the most important things to our partner. We want our partner to long for us and to yearn for us and to feel all the feels about us and light up when they talk about us and all of those things, right? So it becomes, what would it take for you to experience me like this? And don't expect to necessarily get the answer right then. Because these are not the kind of conversations that we have, even with ourselves. These are not things we really think about. So if your partner goes, "Mm, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And if they're not used to touching those, this is where we get back into men not knowing how to do this. Sometimes we have to have patience for them to struggle and grapple with that. So if they hit you with something that's kind of like, well, that was a pretty lackluster. That was a pretty simple answer. And sometimes you may be disappointed because they'll go, well, I mean, babe, that's all I got. Like, what else do you want? I'm happy. Like, you take care of everything. You do all this stuff. You make me happy. Like, what else do you want? Then recognize and believe them 
and understand that it may be your yearning and your need that you need to be expressing and not trying to pull something out of them that's not there. Mm. So if you go, "Mm, that's all you got, then recognize, okay, I have an expectation or something that I'm wanting to hear or to know or to experience. So then don't talk about them. Talk about you. Well, babe, I guess what I'm really wanting is I'm really wanting to know, like, do you still desire me? Do you want to spend more time with me? And if you're asking those questions, also understand where they orient from. Do you really want to know if he wants to spend more time with you or do you want to spend more time with him? And then we can just get to now we have a destination. Babe, I'd really like to spend more time with you. So over the next month or the next three months or the next year, what would it take for us to have at least three days a a month with each other where it's just us, where we put the phones down and we just do cool stuff or we just sleep in or whatever it is that you desire, but you have to get connected to your picture. You have to get connected to what is the fantasy that I'm yearning to live, that I'm actually waking up every day trying to push my world towards and I may not even realize it, which is why I yell at people, which is why I'm passive aggressive, which is why I'm a little snarky, which is why I'm a little irritated, which is why I'm a little disappointed, which is why I feel unappreciated or unloved or unworthy or unmotivated or any un, because what I'm doing is actually doing things that go away from the experiences that I want to have? What is it going to take for me to get in clear focus and then communicate clearly in focus to my partner? This is the forever that I'm trying to build. And I want you to be the co-builder in this with me. What up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself and sometimes or maybe very often doubt the decisions I've made and so my mind just starts spiraling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well let's face it when it comes to hiring people on your team the pressure to make the right choice the right hire and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high so you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence and that's why honestly you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 20 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free, guys, at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. Now, we've all had that one friend who chimes in with the old adage, if it's right, it should be easy advice when we're having relationship problems. But from my experience, homie, that's not at all true. Whether it's romantic, friendships or professional, all relationships, all relationships require that you put the time and effort into growing and developing that relationship. And the best, most rewarding relationships happen when both people are willing to put in the freaking hard work to make that happen. I mean, that's certainly been mine and my husband of 21 years motto. So my homie, when you do actually face challenges in your relationship, therapy can be a great place to feel heard and work through it. And there's no easier or more convenient place to get started with therapy than with BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is 100% online and flexible to fit wherever and however crazy your schedule is because that's the important part that you can absolutely have better help navigate your current life with the bandwidth that you have and all you have to do is answer a few questions to get matched with the therapist that actually can best help you and be catered to you so guys become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not so go visit betterhelp.com women today to get 10% off your first month that's help 
H-E-L-P dot com slash women. I love that. And I love what you were saying about um, is it what you're looking for for them to answer yeah. or is it actually a need that you have that you try not yes. to? Because I think a lot of us have been, um, I wouldn't say punished, but maybe that's the right word, in speaking our needs. Yeah. And I have in the past been guilty of trying to position a question in a way for my husband. He's like, are you trying to tell me a need that you uh-huh. have? Now, he just calls me on it because we've been together for so long and he knows me very well. Yes. And he's like, I feel like you're trying to tell me something yes. right now. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, yes. Because I, I slip into even old habits of being that people pleaser, doesn't want to rustle any feathers. Yeah. So instead of rustling feathers and speaking up and saying what I need, yeah. I put the questions in a way that I'm mm. trying to pull things out. But I love that you just like that pivot of just understanding what that is and your yeah. ins- your um, the reasoning of why you're asking mm-hmm. and maybe you're trying to speak a need. I love that. And yeah. I've actually heard you say, be careful of, I think you call it the one-way compatibility. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And knowing also that people have the ability to put their feathers back in place, huh. that feathers don't have to be perfectly quaffed all the time, right? Wind, water, environment ruffles feathers. Mm. And so our people that we love have the bandwidth to have their feathers ruffled and to be okay. So it's okay as long as it's not from a place of disrespect or ill intention Mm. or weaponizing information. It's okay to say, this is the experience that I'm wanting. I want to hear you say that you want me. Right. Oftentimes as women, we go back to that whole romantic thing is that I don't want to have to tell you I want you to just know if I tell you, then it doesn't mean the same as you saying it spontaneously. And I have to go, yeah, but you have to know that just because they're not saying it doesn't mean they're not thinking it or they're not feeling it. That's the gift part. That's the internal part that you're trying to get access to. So you may have to ask the question in order to get the experience that you want. Right. That part becomes so important. The one way compatibility thing, though, to go back to that is recognizing that just because we're compatible with some people doesn't mean that they're compatible with us. Right. Compatibility is about how we fit. And the easiest way to say that is I remember when I was a kid, it had to be maybe like preschool. I don't even know how my brain recognizes this, but I had like this little ball that was full of shapes. And it was the way that you learn the shapes, you turn it and you put the shape into the appropriate shape. And every so often, some of the shapes would go in, right? The circle would fit into the square. The triangle would fit into the star. But that didn't necessarily mean that that was the appropriate shape. That didn't mean that that was actually supposed to be there. So when we think about compatibility, we have to know that one-way compatibility is a very interesting thing because just because you fit with me in my life doesn't mean I fit with you. It's very interesting. Yeah, God, it, it's super powerful because if everything that we're talking about, we're really saying, are they compatible to you? The reason why I really wanted to start with, you know, who's compatible to us mm-hmm. or for us, who's right for us is because of uh, often we find ourselves molding ourselves into being someone that we don't necessarily want to be in order yeah. to fit somebody else's mo- <clears throat> mold. But now having identified well, who is compatible to you, it doesn't mean it works the other way. And being very aware that just doing all this work doesn't mean then they're going to be the perfect partner for you. Yeah. And having to decide too, are they compatible with me? meaning who I am at my core, Mm -hmm. what I need in order for my future to be fulfilled, or are they compatible with the dream and I'm willing to sacrifice myself, I'm willing to silence my own needs Mm -hmm. in order to have them? Are they compatible with my fantasy or are they compatible with the reality of who and what I need in order to live my very best life and for them to live theirs? Oftentimes, that's the thing. It's like, oh, I just want you. I just want you so bad. And I want you to want me. Whatever we have to do to make this work. You know, I call it the struggle love. A lot of folks, (laughs) oh, child, please. They're just riding this struggle. And it's like, whatever we have to do to stay together, whatever. If we got to fight regularly, if we have to ignore the parts of me that I need, if I have to let go of this intimacy, if I have to give up friends for your comfort, if I have to stop doing all the things that make me feel like myself, if that gives me you, then I choose you. That's not a way to live, not sustainably anyway. That is the thing that allows us to slowly die and we wake up one day and go, 
I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know what I like anymore. I don't even know what makes me happy anymore. I don't even know if I feel anything anymore. And oftentimes we don't because we've had to turn off those parts of ourselves in order to survive the situation that we're choosing. Because if you actually had to feel the sadness and the frustration and the longing and the abandonment of yourself and the abandonment of your actual life that you should be living, it would be horrible. So instead we just sit and stay focused, but I love you, but I got you, but you're happy, you're thriving, you're content, and usually they're not either because they're not getting our best. I've heard you say love doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Explain, mm. <laughs> Explain that to me. Listen, listen. You cannot be doing the same thing at the same time. Love is not painful by definition. Enduring something for love is painful. Enduring something in the hopes of getting love is painful. Enduring things to have the potential down the road for love is what's painful. Abandoning yourself in the hopes of receiving love, right? The things that we do are often like the admission ticket, the cost in the hopes of getting love. But here's the thing, love is all around you. It is, are you choosing love or are you choosing who you want to perform something that feels like love for you? They are very different things and love doesn't hurt. So if you're sitting in a relationship with somebody who you're sad, who you feel lonely, who doesn't listen to you, who you feel unseen or unworthy with, that is not love. That's not even you loving yourself. And so we have to be very clear about what love is and what love isn't. And we have to ask ourselves more than anything, Am I committed to an experience that I want? No matter what, am I prioritizing that experience? Am I prioritizing choosing people who want that experience? Am I prioritizing people who are living that experience, who are invested in that experience, who are creating that experience? Or am I committed to the potential to have that experience? Or even more often, am I committed without even realizing it to the experiences that will never create love, but this is what I believe I'm deserving of? We do that so often. So what do you think in situations then when somebody says, um, let's say they've deceived you and they maybe cheated on you and they're like, oh, I love you and this was just a mistake. That love that can be very confusing yeah, because sure. it can really obviously hurt and deceive and your trust is broken, but then they're still saying, I love you. Well, you know, I think infidelity is very different. And again, it goes back to us not understanding how things happen. It is absolutely possible for me to love you and to make selfish choices that take care of me that are going to hurt you. Mm. I can love you, but do acts that will not be loving acts that wound you. And so when somebody says, yes, I cheated, I made a bad choice. And usually they don't say I made a bad choice. They say I made a mistake. No, you didn't make a mistake. You did absolutely what you wanted to do in that moment with no regard for what this consequence would be. Or you thought even if this happens, we'll still be able to figure it out. And whatever the consequences are that come, I can deal with that. Right. So we have to be very clear on that. Yeah. Can you actually just differentiate? <laughs> the, the, I love love this. The difference yeah. between a mistake then and a bad choice. Yeah. A mistake is like I did one thing thinking that something was going to happen that didn't happen. Right. I made a mistake like I uh, I walked across the carpet and accidentally got my heel stuck in the carpet and I fell. I made the mistake of walking in the wrong place. I couldn't have calculated what was going to happen. I wasn't expecting a particular outcome. Me cheating is a bad choice in that it causes negative consequences in my relationship. But I already knew what those consequences mm. had the potential to be. I knew exactly what it was that I was doing. It is me prioritizing one need over another. In that moment, I was choosing to feel desired. 
in that moment, I was choosing the, the lust that I felt for that person. In that moment, I was choosing the excitement that came with that. It is the way that we prioritize feelings. And oftentimes people wind up cheating because they have not done the work to understand what their own unmet needs are. And then they're no match for those needs to have the potential to get met in a potential situation. So if I have really unmet needs around being needed or being abandoned or being less than or unworthy, and that's a really intense need that sits in me as a wound and then someone comes in and makes me feel really desired or that they really need me and don't want to be without me, all of a sudden that hole gets filled by that need. And so I reprioritize. That need is stronger in that moment than commitment. That need is stronger in that moment than love. That need is screaming the loudest and that's the need that needs to be filled because that's going to give me relief. I'll deal with the guilt and shame and all of that later on, if I ever have to. And what's the difference then between um, making the wrong choice, I was about mm -hmm. to say mistake, but making mm -hmm. the wrong choice, um, <laughs> and then actually sincerely being sorry for it and making a change versus then somebody who then maybe love bombs you mm. because they've done this and they're trying to bring you back into that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, where can we start to identify what's authentic? And then also, is there some sort of um, guide that you suggest on either real, rebuilding trust or um, making a decision to exit that relationship? Yeah, well, love bombing is kind of different. Love bombing is a technique that people use in order to isolate you. When you first start dating, they act like you were the best things since sliced bread. They can't get enough of you. They are all about you in ways that are so suffocating that you almost can't breathe as a means for them to say, this is all that you need. I'm going to be everything for you. I need you to drop everything that you're doing to come over here. And then once I have you isolated, then I'm going to show you the real me. That's different. But what often happens in the honeymoon stages after infidelity is that the partner tries to step up to hit every single point that they believe, now we're back to the representative, every single point that they believe they need to hit that will make you happy. Anything they've ever heard you talk about, they wanna fulfill it. You talked about trips for 20 years, now you're going on five trips. They talked about dinner every weekend, now they're taking you to dinner every night. You talked about why won't you ever buy me gifts, they're bringing you a gift home every day. They're trying to do things in this reparation or reparative stage in order to get you back to a space that says, fine, I'll forgive you. I'll reinvest. I will recommit. I will not leave you. So we're back to the statistics now, right? That probability. I'm going to hit all the things in order to make you now tell yourself a story, whatever story you have to tell yourself that's going to make you comfortable with staying and, and staying reinvested in our relationship. The problem with that is that it never addresses the issue that led the person to cheat. Mm. We get so caught up in the behavior, you cheated on me. You violated our relationship. We never get focused on the why. What was the need that was at the bottom of that fundamentally that made you willing to sacrifice all of this? Because even if we stay together, we will never be the same again. And now we have a choice. Will we never be the same again and be less than who we were, but continue on in relationship? Or will we figure out the why and heal that so now we can have the relationship that we fantasized about and that maybe we, or at least I, thought that we were in? And so the cheating in and of itself is not the issue. It is what drove the person to cheat. Do they have an understanding of that? Have they resolved that? Are they aware of it? How will they manage that as they go forward? How will they communicate with you in ways that make you feel safe and let you know with confidence that the cheating will never happen again? Because really the cheating is a coping strategy. The cheating is what they do as a result of having the need. What do we do about the need? And if they can't give you a clear answer and the two of you work on a clear plan that holds them accountable, that they have to take the lead on, 
they have to be responsible for. They have to show and prove constantly that they are managing that and they are aware of that. Then it's destined to happen over and over because that need will remain unfulfilled. So what about being the person maybe that has um, had them been cheated on? Mm-hmm. There's always that trust element where I think a lot of people end up second guessing themselves again mm-hmm. because maybe there were signs that they ignored. Um, and then there's a problem, at least from what I hear from my audience, where it's like they don't either know how to trust themselves again mm-hmm. to either recognize the signs or they leave that relationship and they no longer can trust anybody. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I read a comment on one of my um, episodes the other day, which guys, by the way, I read every comment. So please, please always comment. I do love them. Um, one person replied and they're like, oh, I so the takeaway is to just never trust anybody in that way you won't get hurt oh no it's it's don't put your trust in the wrong people don't put your trust in in people who are not trustworthy the problem though is that what we do when we go into the next relationship is that we project what we experienced Right. And I was uh, laughing about some things that I saw on social media and it was like laughing to keep from crying uh, because these two young women were having a conversation uh, about married men and about the number of married men who are just out here just humiliating their wives in the streets with all of these women that they're dealing with. And they were like, you know, these men are tricking these women off. (laughs) Yeah, men are really garbage. I feel sorry for their wives. And that's why I won't get married one day maybe, but no time soon. And so everybody was talking about the men and everybody was talking about the wives, but I was really concerned about what that means for the woman who has that experience over and over, who chooses that life over and over, because that is what bakes in her core belief about men. And it's not every man, it's the men that she's choosing. So then if and when she finally does decide to try to get married later on, she winds up bringing all that into the relationship and believing that this is who he is because of all the men that she chose. And so it becomes very important for us to recognize that when somebody cheats, it's not necessarily about us. It is about them. But we have to be aware. How did I navigate their cheating? What did I learn about myself, about my boundaries, about how I show up, about how I advocate for me? What did I learn about my decision making? What did I learn about my own needs? How do I feel about the choice that I make, whether I choose to stay, whether I choose to go? How do I then participate in my relationship and where we go from here? And so it's really about realizing that your relationships are constantly reflecting back to you where you are. What was happening with my partner prior to this? Is this the first instance of them cheating? What didn't I know? What does that tell me about our relationship? What what does that tell me about how they feel like they can communicate, about what they will communicate, about the space that we make for communication? Have we even ever had conversations around infidelity? Have we had conversations about what our rules would be for how we manage attraction to other people? Do we even talk about the reality that we may find ourselves attracted to other people? How do we demystify that? How do we take some of the energy and the secrecy and all the excitement away from that by being able to bring that to say, hey, listen, I'm feeling this way about somebody. Whoa, okay. Well, let's talk about that. Why are you feeling that? What is it about that person or about the dynamic between the two of you? Is that something that's missing here in our relationship? Is that something that's unfulfilled in you? Is that something that we need to address here within our relationship? And the minute that you start to make these actual problems that have the ability to be solved, as opposed to dealing with the behavior, everything changes. Everything changes. When you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want, it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner. And guys, listen, I totally get it because not all that long ago, that was me. I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident, 
unfreaking stoppable badass in everything that you do. So, my homie, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Aloe Moves, your go-to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Aloe Moves has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Aloe Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Aloe Moves subscription by going to alomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's aloealomoves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. alomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. There is so much confusing and conflicting information out there about what is a healthy diet, right? But my rule of thumb, guys, is that if you focus on eating high-quality animal-based proteins rather than cheaper, over-processed meals with a ton of junk ingredients with long words that you just can't pronounce, then you'll immediately be surprised at how much better and how different you feel. That absolutely is how it was for me, guys, when I was recovering from crippling stomach issues that I wasn't able to eat much at all. And then I found ButcherBox. It was amazing because I could finally eat meat that didn't make me feel sick or bloated or just hunched over in agony. And guys, I'm telling you, never looked back. I am their biggest, most avid fan. And that's because ButcherBox's unbelievable high standard qualities in their product is guaranteed. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers the highest quality meats and seafood ships directly to your door. Every month, you can let ButcherBox curate a box of high quality cuts for you, or you can actually customize, if you're like me and very picky, you can customize your box with the exact things and the cuts that you are looking for and prioritize your favorite stuff. So guys, it is actually easy to eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the freaking planet delivered right to your door. And ButcherBox is right now offering our listeners, that's you guys, your choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for absolutely free in every order for a year. Like, that's so insane. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this offer because I truly love the brand. Plus, actually, I got so excited, I forgot to tell you this. You get $20 off your first order. So just give it a try. Click the link in the show notes or go to butcherbox.com slash WOI and use code WOI to choose your free offer and get $20 off your order right now. God, you just hit me with those questions. How many people do you think are honest about um, finding other people attractive when you're in a relationship? And then how personally would you feel, Spirit, if your husband came and said that to you? Like, I'm really finding this other person attractive. If you're confident, Mm -hmm. then maybe you're able to sit with your partner and say, oh, well, what is it that maybe we're missing? Like, or maybe it's you know, oh, cool, okay, you find her hot. Like, my husband, like, yeah. because I really want, like, a nice, firm booty. Yeah. Like, I'm always looking at other yeah. women's asses, and I'm just yeah. like, babe, what do you think about her ass? <laughs> and I have zero jealousy yeah. or anything like that. But yeah. I've I've worked really hard on making sure that I build my confidence. Yeah. Um, and so I could just imagine, though, in a relationship where maybe you don't feel great or maybe your relationship is a little fractured, yeah. if you had your partner coming to say to you, like, hey, I really find her ass attractive, that could p- potentially be a trigger for you and, yeah. and an insecurity. Yeah. See, to me, that's where the work is, though. Mm. That's what tells me what work I have to do. That's my relationship giving me an opportunity to heal. Now, is it going to feel good if I'm broken or if I feel inadequate or if that's like a, a pressure point for me? No. But what am I doing about the pressure point before that moment so we don't have those issues? Mm-hmm. right? And then am I projecting that onto my partner because I feel insecure now I'm mad at you? that you are having a healthy response. Like you're, am I the only person ever for the rest of our lives that you're going to be attracted to? I would be a fool to think that. Relationships and being in relationship don't mean that you're never going to be attracted to someone else. It means you're going to manage that attraction in healthy ways that prioritize your relationship and honor the commitments that you make. Mm That doesn't mean I'm never going to find you sexually attractive or I'm not going to be intellectually stimulated by someone or I'm not going to be spiritually stimulated by someone or I'm not going to enjoy doing these activities with someone else. It simply means that there is a time and a place for that. And those times and places will never sit in the same space 
as the times and places and spaces and honor that I give to my primary relationship. So it wouldn't bother me if my husband comes and goes, damn, I'm, something about her is just really like we have a really strong chemistry. Well, that's kind of science. You know, <laughs> you're going to be feeling that for other people. Do you want to act on it is the question. And my husband will tell you 20,000 times over, babe, what we have here is so incredible. We've worked for this. Blood, sweat, and tears have sacrificed and poured into this and what we know about each other and how we live and how we live into each other. That moment is not worth losing that. Even if we stay together, losing what it is, changing it by that choice is not worth it. And so that's where you want to be in a relationship. I really believe it's not about fooling yourself into believing that your partner will never be drawn to anybody else. And it doesn't mean that them being drawn to anybody else is always sexual or that they want to act Mm. it out sexually. It's not always those things, but it is about recognizing, do we prioritize our relationship in such a way that to honor this is not an obligation? Mm. It's not an obligation. It is a want. Right. Like in the same way, my husband, look at you, (laughs) look at us. We could go out if we wanted to today and go pick up whoever we want to today. There is no doubt in my mind that we couldn't pick something up out there in these streets if we wanted to. Right. But there's a reason that we don't want to. Right. And it's not even an option. It's not something that's like, oh, I got to work hard not to look. Oh, I got to work hard not to. It is. Yeah, he's really handsome. Okay, so as you were saying, right? And there's a reason for that. It's not something that you struggle with. It is because the quality of what you built means so much to you that anything else is obsolete. I love that so much. And that idea is really, I think, helped me build my confidence instead of my insecurity. Because in thinking through, okay, there's, what, 7.5 billion people in the world. Are you really really thinking that you're the only one that's going to be either your partner's going to be attracted to? Come on, Lisa. Come on. And I find even more romantic, (laughs) though, Spirit, to think that there's 7.5 billion people and yet we choose each other. Like knowing that I can find maybe a billion other people more attractive or that he can find a billion people more attractive than me. Like more attractive, not even I'm saying on the same level. But yet, in spite of all of that, we choose to spend our life with each other. That to me is actually more romantic, harder and more valuable. Yeah, because I think when you recognize that your relationship, that your presence and your commitment and your giving in a relationship is a gift that you give to your partner and to yourself every day. Like when you think about how tremendous that you choose each other every day that what you have means so much to you every day, that is a gift. And when you can position yourself in such a way that says, I wanna make sure that that remains, I wanna make sure that that grows, what can I do to even intensify that, right? When that becomes the goal, your relationship just exponentially continues to get better. But it has to be something that you're oriented to. The quality of your relationship is something that you have to be oriented to. And if the quality of your relationship is not what you want it to be, then what actively do you and they have to be doing simultaneously and with consistency to get it to that place? And those are questions that you have to be asking. You can't just be in a relationship. You can't just be doing relationship. That's a verb. That's an action. And part of that action means we have to have a plan. Otherwise, we are just navigating, making the mistakes, making the bad choices. How invested are you in creating and bringing to fruition the fantasy that you say you want to be your reality? I love that. And as you're looking at the quality of your relationship that you're currently in, where does like contempt and resentment, they Mm. start to build over time. I don't think people even sometimes realize Mm -hmm. they have contempt for their partner or resentment. Um, Whether it's they're cheating and now you're forgiving them and going back to that relationship and you're secretly just holding something against them Mm -hmm. or just contempt is just built over time. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize when you haven't forgiven somebody in that space, there's a difference between I'm going back to you and I've actually forgiven you. Mm -hmm. And you can sit in relationship with somebody and never forgive them. You can also have a really good 
relationship and say, I still haven't forgiven you for that. Resentment and contempt is something different. That is disdain. That is a, a repulsion. That is a, I'm literally, it is repelling me. Instead of me being drawn to you, it is repelling me from you. And so I think it's really important for us in my relationship personally, there's no room for that. And so we have set really firm ground rules very early in our relationship. And then I'm constantly learning. I tell my clients all the time, you're a gift that you give to me because I learn how not to do certain things. I'm constantly reminded how it's not the big things that fracture relationships. It's the little splinters over time that weaken it and then it doesn't have the foundation to stay standing, right? Those things are important. And so for us, we have things like, for example, we have the 90-day rule. We do not bring up things with each other after 90 days. And we've been this way for decades now, right? So it does two things. One, it means I'm not keeping a running list of all of the offenses in our relationship because it's really not fair. If I want to be with you forever, am I really going to hold you to the things you did to me in our 20s and our 30s? And now we're in our 40s, moving towards our 50s. I'm still going to be mad at you about those things. How does that hold you hostage? How does that hold me hostage? And how does that stifle our relationship? But it also holds us accountable to working through the problems. If I'm feeling something, I need to say it. And if I can't say it today because I need time to work on it or to process it or to make it make sense, or even to just let some of the intensity of the sting and the emotions kind of settle before I talk about it, then we have the place and the space. We'll work on that. But we will not go back to what happened six months ago. I will not defend myself for something that I said two years ago. I will not weaponize something against you that happened five years ago. Because what is the growth in that? But even more importantly, what can you do about that? And oftentimes when we do that, that's a coping strategy that we don't even realize what we're trying to do is get something else. And so the real goal is to focus on what we want now. You're bringing that up for what in this moment? We're back to needs. You said that in order to have me think or feel or do what now? So then don't talk to me about what happened then. Talk to me about what you're needing now. What is it that you want to hear from me? What is it that you need to know from me? Let's get into what you need now because that's affecting where you're trying to go. Now we're back to your picture. What is the story that you're telling yourself that you're using that to illustrate or demonstrate or remind or hold on to for what reason? And so oftentimes we'll bring up old transgressions because we wanna let them know I haven't forgotten because we want to make sure they know that we're still on guard, that we're still watching, we're still suspicious, I still don't trust you, right? But you want to let them know that for what reason? Really, you want to let them know that so that they don't do it again. So instead of talking about what you did to me, how do we talk about how do I know with certainty that you won't do that to me again? Do you think about what you did to me? Do you know how it affects me? Do you know what my struggles are now? Do you know how this is affecting our relationship? Do you know what my feelings are, the embarrassment or the shame or the lack of worth? Do you know how this is causing me to feel? And if you do know, why aren't you responding to me in a way that is going to heal that? We get so caught up in the things and the transgressions and the offenses that we never get to the things that will make our relationships better. We never get to the things that will heal us. We never get to the things that will cause us to actually turn the fantasies of relationships that we desire into reality. And oftentimes it's because we never learned how. We don't know how to do it. Okay, so the 90-day rule, that was so good. Oh God, I'm so implementing that. Um, so the 90-day rule, what else can we do? You know, I think it's, um, it's about being intentional about the kind of relationship that you want, right? So I think about some of our rules, which now they don't seem like rules. They're just ways that we do things. But mm. since we're having this conversation, I think we have uniquely between us two kisses, 
So if people you ever see me in the streets, you'll notice that my husband and I, we always kiss each other twice. Mm -hmm. And it came out of a joke. Um, he used to tell me that his grandfather, when his grandmother was upset, she would always kind of put him out or he would leave. And when he came back, he would know, hey, I have to kiss you, but I have to kiss you more than once because he was kind of superstitious. He believed that something bad would happen if he didn't give her these two kisses. So every time my husband leaves, I'm always like, hey, one kiss because you love me and then one for luck, <laughs> right? So we have these two kisses. I think the other thing though, it becomes about what kinds of things will help us to create the relationship that we want, right? So part of also about the kisses for us, for example, I never wanted us to lose the intimacy in our relationship. It's so important, but it's so easy to do. You get lost in the kids, you get lost in work, you get lost in parents and life and business and all of that. And so I always wanted us to make sure that we never leave the house without kissing each other goodbye, right? We just absolutely have to because life, you get called, okay, I gotta go, I gotta run. And so it was kind of like, okay, so got to kiss me before you leave. I got to kiss you before I leave. And we would have days where we would jump in the car, get halfway down the street, and the other person will see the phone and go, oh my gosh, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, where are you? Uh, Halfway down the street. Oh, so you left the house. Oh, so you're not going <sighs> to, I'm turning around now. Right. And in the moment, it seems so trivial that most people would go, why don't you just, they're already gone. Like, why not wait until the next time? Because the next time it's just as likely to happen. And then all of a sudden it didn't happen twice. It happened every day this week. And then it happened every day this month. And all of a sudden we no longer kiss. We no longer have the things where we said intimacy and physical connection was important to us because we made excuses. We prioritize this. They'll understand. I'll get it right next time. It is the consistency. It is the things that you do over and over. We also have what we call the 30-second hug, and I make this face. It drives me crazy because it has become the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> we implemented it really early in our relationship. It was about being able to reconnect, right? And if you do something long enough, there is a moment like when you're frustrated with each other that if you have physical connection, you cannot stay mad at a person. So somewhere around 15 seconds, 20 seconds in, you can feel your bodies kind of melt into each other and go, <sighs> And it just helps you get centered. So whenever we are feeling disconnected, one of us has the right to be able to ask for the 30-second hug no matter what. And it's kind of like, mm, I don't want to. I'm usually the one that doesn't want to. Interesting. Yes, Why is that? Because I am, when it comes to fight, flight, or freeze, I am fight. I am always in that space that the first thing that I want to do is pull away. That is my nature. And so when I get worked up, it is... Give the me last a thing you want is to yes. hug. Yes, yeah. and my husband will go, oh, bring it in, <laughs> bring it. And I'm like, mm, give me a second. He's like, no, no, no. Are you going to break the rule? Are you, are you going to be the one that breaks the rule? And it's like, fine, I'm going to hug you. Now, do you still do it knowing that it's the right thing to do for your marriage? Absolutely. Because as you, you know, obviously tongue in cheek joking mm -hmm. about it's the bane of your existence. Yes, Where's that fine line between, okay, but I do it because I know it actually works versus yeah. I really freaking hate this. I wish we would stop. And now you're building resentment oh, for your husband no, no, no. where he makes you hug him. Yeah, no, it's not that at all. I don't hate it. It is what I have learned is that usually what is the hardest to do in a moment is what's needed the most. Mm -hmm. And if you are a person who is used to pulling away, if you are a person who's hyper independent, if you're a person who's experienced trauma or who has come to believe when the chips are down, all I got is me. If you're that person, then relying on somebody or having them see you vulnerable or having them in that space of intimacy with you in places where you're triggered can be very difficult. So what I know is when it is the hardest to do something, if it's hard for me to say I love you, then you probably need to hear it and I probably need to be connecting to the love that I feel for you in this moment. If I don't want to, why? Because what is it that I want to be feeling? And then that's a conversation. I want to be mad at you. I want to feel disdain for you. I want to resent you. Why do I want to resent you? And do I want to resent you or do I want you to be different? I'm resenting you because you're hurting me. So do I want to resent you or do I want you to stop hurting me? 
okay, so now how do I put down the resentment? Because the hurt is the problem that needs the solution. You have to be committed to the future that you say that you want. And it's not enough for it to just be in your head as a fantasy. It has to be actionable. It has to be behavioral. And it has to be consistent. My girl, I literally could sit here and just talk to you forever. I have absolutely (laughs) loved this. Where can people find you and all the amazing things that you're up to? Well, we're doing a lot of stuff. You know, mental health is my jam. Wherever I can do it is where I'm doing it. I am doing this on every social media platform all over the place. Like wherever we can make this relatable and wherever we can get the information out to the people, that is always where you'll find me. So talk to spirit. I always say if you think like, gosh, I really need to talk to spirit. That's how you find me. Talk the number two spirit. Talk to spirit everywhere. You'll always find me. Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energized, which of course are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right, it will have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? The badass boost, of course. So guys, don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary. 
So guys, subscribe to Women of Impact channel today on Apple Podcasts or Supercast. But no matter where you're listening, guys, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or any other platform, make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode, our incredible sponsors and upcoming events.